Blog Talk Radio. All right now. Yeah. Welcome to the movement, baby. We're going to change education. Check out shungleblade.com. I say it again, shungleblade.com. Teach and reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous to the people across this nation. Eagerly anticipating a sound from the streets that's so unique it'll transform education. This is school, the killing field, where they kill a lover learner and then not children for real. That's the deal. Now we gotta change things around, close gaps down. This a new sound, true school. This is this radio show, shovelbig.com, flow, in case you wait, no. And now we gonna change things. One school at a time, one rhyme at a time. Yeah, we gonna shine. Time to shine media, yes. Yeah, we've been blessed putting suckers to the test. So, teaching reading, so uniquely. That's right. Gotta make you think deeply. Uh, teaching reading uniquely. To reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous. To the people across this nation. Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another week of True School Show. Brought to you here on the Keys 107 Network. I'm your host, Shango Blake, also known as the Hip Hop Principal also known by my students as Mr. B. But the best title that I like is Brother, so for the purposes of this show, call me Brother Shungo because Brother simply means the other part of yourself. I like to uh, welcome the audience and start by saying let me give you uh, the call-in number uh, to the show. And if you have any questions, please call in at 213-943-3618. Press number 1 on the keypad if you have any questions or comments. Uh, This week's topic will be Dancing with the Stars Part 2. If you recall, maybe a couple of months back, we had a very powerful, inspirational conversation with Ms. Kim Dudley, and um, she talked to us about her experience with dancing and teaching dance to young people and and how you can use something that young people are interested in to take them to a higher level academically higher level mentally, a higher level emotionally, socially, and spiritually. And uh, I just want to kind of go back and 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 revisit some of the questions that we posed uh, to uh, uh, Kim when she was on the show with us before. And, and, and one of the things that we talked about in terms of researching uh, that particular show was uh, can art, dance, music, and performing arts programs raise student achievement, and reduce school violence. Um, another question that we asked was, why are these programs the first to get cut when you deal with uh, budgets in inner-city school when research shows that the mastery of instruments leads to higher IQ, but in our school there's a cutting of these programs because of lack of allocation of funds? So we're very interested in talking to Ms. Uh, Kim Dudley, and she's been very, very busy since the last time we spoke to her, she has a wonderful program uh, that uh, is reaching young people out in Long Island and in the five boroughs and probably is going to continue to spread throughout the uh, New York City, tri-state area, and probably throughout the country. And that program is called Ready to Rock, and we're going to you know, get into uh, 
what Ready to Rock is. Now, I would like to remind our listening audience that the purpose of this show is to start a conversation around solving educational issues. Um, yes, we will highlight the problems that plague inner-city schools and urban communities, but we don't want to talk about the problems while talking about them within the context of solving them, okay? We have been great at overanalyzing problems. We have been great at talking about the things that cause our children to fail, and uh, everybody, uh, there's enough blame to go around, enough finger-pointing to go around. But what about solutions? What about models? What about celebrating those people who are doing constructive and successful things with young people. And that's why we're going to be speaking to Ms. Deli because she is one of those people, and we're glad that she's decided to come back and uh, join us again. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with me and find out about my work and uh, my consulting company, you can go to www.shungoblake.com. You can also... Uh, when you go there, you can go to the True SK Consultant page, and you'll find out information about what I do with schools, what I do with parents, teachers, and school leaders. Also, please like us on Facebook. Uh, you can go to Facebook slash shungleblake.com and like that page. And also follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at shungleblake. So, those are ways in which you can uh, reach out to me. And please let me know what can we do to uh, get better uh, in terms of the kind of programming that we're bringing to you. Let us know if there's issues that you think that we haven't covered that we should. Uh, this is an open forum. We want to take issues and bring them to light with the purposes of solving those issues or raising awareness to our community about the importance of education and how it can lead to uh, uh powerful and uh, quality of life for our young people. So please reach out to me. Let me know what we can do to get better. Now, we're going to jump right into the show. Um, like I said, our guest is Kim Dudley. Uh, many of us students know her as uh, Kim Carter. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take some time just to revisit uh, her background and uh, read her bio so that uh, those who are new to the True School show can know who we have uh, as a guest today. All right, so let's start with Ready to Rock, which is a unique art program that utilizes dance as a vehicle to teach character development, conflict resolution, discipline, and critical thinking skills. It is, a driven, it is driven by data to raise student achievement, increase college enrollment, and build leadership skills and self-esteem. It incorporates fitness, aerobics programs for staff members that result in deepening relationships with students, fostering a sense of community, increasing attendance, and improving overall health and morale. As a licensed teacher with 10 years' experience in multicultural schools, Kim Time with the New York City Department of Education has taught her that such achievement is not simply measured by standardized test scores, and that's a that's a Ooh, that's an explosive uh, uh, phrase, standardized test scores and teaching to the test. And we'll get into that with Kim as well. But now as a vendor, Kim developed Ready to Rock to provide professional learning communities, creating multiple opportunities for cross-curricular connections by collaborating with all stakeholders to use dance as a tool to engage students academically. Kim has instructed 
traveled and performed with over 300 students at a time, leading to acceptance at specialized high schools, Juilliard, Broadway, and televised productions, as well as two video premieres for HBO documentaries. I successfully, uh, I successfully balance learning from my students with being a leader who makes a, makes certain goals are met without sacrificing their physical, intellectual, and social needs, uh, says Kim. And she has integrated co- cooperative learning in school workshops from career professionals and educational field trips to varied lesson plans and provides a well-rounded learning experience for students. It is Kim's aspiration to choose the achievement gap, oh, no, excuse me, not to choose, but to close the achievement gap by developing ambition and fostering the sense of initiative to set goals and support the drive to pursue them. She aims to decrease gang involvement, dropout rate, teenage pregnancy by removing the desires in youth to emulate the negative things they see and hear in today's music and provide them with inspirational alternatives. Kim's ultimate goal is to open doors as well as their eyes by providing opportunity to travel while performing and gaining priceless experience. Kim has recently added a component to Ready to Rock, which is her Glee Glee Club. And that component uh, is, 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 is the goals of the Blue Club is to develop ambition and initiative to set goals and support the drive to support them, teach life skills and leadership skills, raise student achievement, and increase self-esteem. Included, include children with special needs by providing a least restrictive environment to increase social skills. Although Kim uh, has the experience, background, and skills uh, what will separate Lady the Rock from other dance programs? Well, she says, it is my mission to plant within a child the seed that shows them what they can be, offer guidance and direction on how to achieve it, and provide them with the same opportunities that their environment might not otherwise offer. Kim is committed to the daily sacrifice of the long-term investment in a child's future to ensure that each child doesn't just pass the torch, but lights every torch it passes along the way. Kim welcomes the opportunity to contribute to the enrichment of any school and believes Ready to Rock can be an asset to any school's goals. And I know Kim uh, from her work uh, with me when we were in Queens at Intermediate School 109, and I bear witness that, that what is described here is not just something let me just say it's not something that you know that just sounds good on paper. I actually have had the opportunity to witness it, to see it uh, uh, manifest itself in, in, a, in a real physical form. I've seen that young people who have benefited from being in the program, who've gone on to various performing arts high schools. I saw attendance improve. I saw um, achievement improve, and I saw discipline issues with young people that others could not reach significantly decrease. So this is not uh, just something that's a brochure piece or a magazine piece. This is something that's real, tangible, and and it's not something that she hopes to do. It's something that uh, she has done and will continue to do. So I'm, I'm just thankful to know this young lady and know that she is out there working on behalf of our young people. So 
when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be, uh, Kim will be with us, and we will be talking about her Ready to Rock program, where she's going to take it, and why you should know about it and get involved on this thing uh, on the ground floor. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boom 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. Welcome back, welcome back. This is your host, Brother Shungo. And again, I want to remind you, uh, if you would like to call in, make a comment about what you've heard, or if you have any questions for our guests, the number is 213-943-3618. Press number one on your keypad if you have questions or comments. Now, Kim Dudley, welcome to True School once again. Thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure to have this opportunity to contribute to your show, which I'm I'm very proud to be a part of. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, I mean, since the last time we spoke to you, you have been moving at a breakneck pace. You have been quite busy. Yes, I have, in a good way, more than I anticipated, but in a very good way. Yes, and uh, I I just... uh, um, well, we should we should we should jump in it. What what have you been doing since the last time we spoke? Uh, how is it going with the Ready to Rock program? Well, from the last time that we spoke, I was actually in the stages of holding auditions, and I had a start date for my program of February fifth, and I've since held auditions, and I've had quite a few students register. I now have full-fledged glee club and dance team out on Long Island. Um, I've also received a sponsorship from AAU, which is the Amateur Athletic Union. Many people are familiar with AAU more so with basketball, but I was um, signed on by them as their first dance team 
in the New York area to ever have been put together. And they also appointed me as the district coordinator for Long Island, the New York metropolitan area, as well as heading up to the upstate region as well. Wow. So my plate is pretty full. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you've been very busy and you're on the move. Um, now, Now, where exactly is... Ready to Rock uh, located, and if um, you know, uh, I, I know you said Long Island. Are you serving a particular community in Long Island? Is it? Are you serving all of Long Island? Can young people from the city be involved? How do people connect with the Ready to Rock? I service everybody across Long Island as well as the city. If they had the ability to travel out to Long Island, they're more than welcome to come in. I do have a few kids that come out from Queens, some of my former students, that have um, not only moved on and continued to dance, but have uh, gone to performing arts schools, and now they choreograph and they perform and they come out to me as well. And I'm located at the Deer Park Community Center, which is in Deer Park, New York, on 41 Homer Avenue. And okay. anybody familiar with the Tanger Outlet? Some people call it Tanger. Some people call it Tangier Outlet. They're right off of Comac Road, and I'm I'm almost across the street from the Tanger Outlets in in Deer Park, New York. And I'm there on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, from five to seven. From five to six, I do glee, and from six to seven, I do dance. And I'm also adding in a dance aerobics class for adults, like a hip-hop dance hall aerobics class for adults because I've seen a a lot of requests for the mothers and parents of the students and just people that are aware of what I'm doing requesting me to put together an aerobics program for the adults. So I I have that starting up as well, too. So if, if anyone is interested, they can contact the community center for that information as well. All right, now, so for all you guys out there who you know that you had a resolution to get in shape and you know that you <laughs> have fallen short, <laughs> it's time for you to recommit. And uh, what better way than dance and hip-hop and making it fun? Um, now, one, this is just if they want to get in contact with you in terms of, uh, you know, finding out information for their kids or the adult program, um, how, how do they contact you? Um, I can give a number that they can call. It's 516-395-8352, and I'm available at that number at all times. They can always contact me and ask any questions that they want um, concerning any of the programs, whether it be the Glee, whether it be the dance, or whether it be the dance aerobics program. And as a matter of fact, I have a performance coming up Women's History Month in a couple of weeks, March 22nd, for the commissioner. I was requested by the commissioner to bring my uh, dance program in, and I'm going to have my Glee kids perform as well as my dance team perform, and that will be at the uh, Town of Babylon Annex, which Mm is um, located in West Babylon, and we will be there on March 22nd performing. So um, if someone wants to just kind of get a bird's-eye view really quickly of what the the performances look like, they can come there. And once we 
do that performance, I will videotape it, and I will also post that performance for people to be able to see. That's great. And um, uh, that, that I'm just that's, that's so exciting with, you know, the, the work that you're doing, which, which you're involved in. So for those out there who want to reach out to Kim, uh, can you give that number one more time? Certainly. It is 516-395-8352. Thank you. Okay, Kim. So here's a question I have for you. Um, just to give, you know, my listening audience some background about uh, who you are and how and, and, and some of the work that you've done. Can you let us know how how long have you been involved in in in, in actual dance? I mean, and I, I want you to go back, not just as a dance instructor. How long have you been involved in dance? Well, I mean, you you have to go back to when I was a wee bit toddler. I mean, I started dancing when I was about <laughs> three, four years old, and you know, you 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 never know. This is why one of the things that's important for me and part of the program because. You just never know what that moment is in a child's life, what that experience is, what that hobby is in a child's life that is going to be the springboard for who they become formed to become as an adult. You just don't know. Mm. And I never knew as a child that the hobby that I thought was just a hobby, the the talent that I thought, oh, this was just really cool because I'm kind of good at this. You know, I didn't know if I was really good or not because I didn't have anyone to really compare myself to because you're in a class with a bunch of other kids that's just dancing. That's all it looks like to you. And I never knew that it would become my, not just my job, but my calling, my purpose. And I think that's more important to me. And, And I continued with it. All throughout high school, I continued with it when I went away to college, and I choreographed, and I danced professionally with a dance company when I was in college, and we performed behind various recording artists, and then I graduated from college, and I started teaching, and while I was teaching, I started noticing some of the kids in my class could dance, and I kind of did something in front of the class, and they're like, oh my God, she can dance, and Next thing I know, (laughs) that turned into, well, let me put together a routine for them to do a performance. And then it just kept snowballing and growing. And before I knew it, um, it was what I did for a living. And I I think I shared at the last show that I volunteered teaching dance um, at 231 in Springfield Gardens for a wonderful administrator by the name of Robert Brisbane. And I did it for free, came in and and taught dance, and I didn't know at the time that that experience would actually lead me to come back a year or two later Mm -hmm. as a New York City teaching fellow and wind up teaching dance there full time. And from there, it just hasn't stopped. Yeah, and, and and, and, and I think that you mentioned calling. And I yes. think that nothing happens by accident. And, 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 you know, it's funny how we kind of go on different um, paths to get to our purpose. And, you know, you you took a path where, well, well, dance has always been something that's been a part of, you know, 
your upbringing, your background, your experience, and your your love. I really believe that, and I've said this to you before that it's your ministry. Yes. However, you you um you you did go into education. Um, yeah. You you did uh, become a teacher with a with a special education background, and I believe I don't think if I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I believe that that was so instrumental in terms of allowing you to understand how to use your craft, mm-hmm. uh, dancing, to 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 bring young people to higher achievement, greater academic success. And um, I know that when you were at 109, uh, we had uh, used your special education background to take some of what people would say, quote, unquote, were the most difficult special education students um, and we integrated them into your program. And, you know, when we read your bio, you know, you talked about creating a, 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 a least restrictive environment, but we used that as an enrichment piece to connect with those special ed students and get them more engaged, and it really helped them in other parts of their studies. I just wanted you to kind of speak to that, to talk about how you made the connection. It doesn't have to just be special ed, but education on a whole and and the discipline of dance and use that as a means to raise student achievement? Well, part of the program that I, I do, I, I realize that there are a lot of programs in schools that are for the arts, which I think is wonderful and I think it's great. And and I might be, unfortunately, answering another question you might have for me. I don't know, but... <laughs> One of the okay, go ahead. That, we'll, 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 we'll add it. Don't worry about it. We'll work around it. Um, yes. One of the things that I realized is that there's a lot of arts programs out there, but I did not see a program that touched on every area of what I felt not only a child needed but would prepare a child for their future in life. And I was not content with having kids come to class, they make up routines while me as the adult sits there and kind of babysits while the kids dance. Um, Nor did I feel like being that really super great dance teacher that had the kids do really super great dance routines that could get them into Broadway and televised events, but yet they left my class with no character. They left my class, and they were still illiterate. They left my class, and they couldn't pass their exams. They left my class, and they were going into the next class, and they were still cursing out the teacher next door. I wasn't okay with that. And in order to make, in order to see a change in discipline in a child, you have to make the change happen inside of them to make them care about who they are, how they talk, how they present themselves, so that way they have to see their own reflection and say, you know what, I don't want to do it that way. I'd rather do it this way. You know what, let me think before I make that decision because if I make that decision, then it's going to affect this, this, and this. And a lot of times they just weren't taking the time to stop to think about the decisions that they were making or their actions and how it was going to affect them 
down the line or in another area of their life or their education. And I incorporated principles and words of wisdom that I made them learn every single day that they came into class. I I made them recite words of affirmation to change the image that they had of themselves and make themselves see themselves differently. I changed the way that they were even allowed to speak in my class. The words can't did not exist. We had a funeral service for, for, for the word can't. I actually wrote the word can't on a piece of paper, folded it. I took the kids on a little trip outside in, in the front of the building, and I dug a hole, and we buried the word can't, and I made everybody bow their heads, and we said a service and some words for the word can't, and from that point on, no one was allowed to use it. And I had to get them to start seeing and understanding that their future, their education is going to be the key to give them the future that they want. And a lot of times they weren't thinking that far. A lot of times they didn't have a positive image to emulate in their environment. And if they did, there were so many other negatives that that poor positive image or person that was in their life was struggling to be the driving influence as opposed to everything else. Mm -hmm. And I felt that if I were a strong disciplinarian in the classroom, but still balance that with love, as I talked about before, and still balance that with making them know and understand that I will never break a promise and I don't make promises that I can't keep and I will never lie to you and I will be there to listen to you anytime you want and at the same time, I'm going to hold you accountable to give me the same respect. They knew that when they came into my classroom, they came into an environment, that that environment set the tone for what the expectations of those students, and they knew that they were they were required to meet my standard and not the other way around. Yes. And once you get the kids to set the examples for you, then when the other kids that are coming up and coming in the year after year after year, they're going to look at what the other kids are doing. And if they know that the kids that are supposed to be the ones that everyone's afraid of or the ones that, you know, have the most respect and clout or whatever you want to call it, if they see that they're respecting me, then I'm not going to have a problem with anybody else. So when those kids came into my classroom, the tone was already set. The atmosphere was already set. I only played positive and inspirational music. I, I would make them literally listen to the words of the songs that they were listening to and break it down to them and say, do you even realize what you're saying, what you're repeating? Do you even know what that even means? And a lot of times they weren't paying attention to the words. They were just listening to it and just singing the words out loud. And I had to stop them and back them up and say, no, wait a minute, what does that actually mean? And so there was there were a lot of components and, as I said before, ingredients that went into the cake that makes I believe my program and what I do something that's not able to be replicated. Let me ask you this, Kim. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. 
What about the with, with all that you that you brought and, and and your high expectations and your ability to connect with young people? What about that young person that comes in and and you know every, you always have a one or two or a few that just they want to challenge. They say, oh, you know, so what? I don't care about her dance program. I don't care about Miss Kim. I'm gonna do what I want to do. How did you deal with that kind of mentality? And, and and take a person who who's coming from that pers- that that space and move them forward and 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 get them to be more serious about not only what they were doing in your class but about their future. Bag of tricks. Bag. Of again. Tricks. I said bag of tricks. <laughs> <laughs> bag of tricks because as I said before, every single kid is different. And if I were to sit here on this phone and tell you, well, oh, this is what I said and this is what I did, it wouldn't be fair because what I might say and do to work on one child, I may not use that for somebody else. A lot of times, 99.9% of the time, it's a front. 99.9% of the time, when kids are doing that, a lot of times, it's a front because you've got to peel away the layers and get inside. And if you're patient enough to peel away the layers to get to the inside, the only concern that you really have to worry about is whether or not they're going to sour the rest of the bunch. And so long as I can find a way to tap into the inside of that onion, then I can get them. And there's different Mm. ways that I'm going to do that. It's not always going to be the same. Sometimes I might use the other kids to get to them, and and I'm playing puppet master from behind the scenes. They don't know I'm playing puppet master. I got to make them think that they came on their own, because if if they have a very strong willed personality, which a lot of times that middle school age they're dealing with authority issues, they're going through puberty, they're trying to be defiant on purpose just to prove that you weren't the one that made me do it. Sometimes you have to go to the back door. So there's there's so many different approaches. And then I've had a couple of kids that I think is more of a challenge when they've been in your program and then all of a sudden they kind of do a switch through on you and they want to start poking out their chest. That's, yeah, I think, harder to do. Right, because now they've started going through the phase of I'm no longer in 7th, 8th grade, now I'm in ninth, 10th, 11th grade, and now I'm 15, 16, and I'm not a kid anymore, which every mother and father goes through that with their kids. And mm-hmm. I sometimes have to find a way to show them what they don't know they have. And sometimes... I have to make them take a step back and miss it. Sometimes I have to reintroduce what I'm doing to them in a way that makes them see it in a different light. Sometimes I have to bring them a reality check by bringing them around some other kids and making them be the mentor to them. And when they're the mentor to those kids, it kind of refreshes them or it makes them have more compassion because they realize it's not about me. And there's all these different 
techniques and all these different, like I said, bag of tricks that you have to use. I have a 16-year-old daughter, so I understand and I know. And today I did my dance program, and we were in the car, and she was really quiet. And I'm like, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, you all right? She said, no, I'm just tired. And I had a bunch of other kids in the car, and I let the kids go ahead of me, and she was walking next to me, and I just kind of nudged her, and I said, be mindful that if you're very quiet like that, it can be interpreted as you being very antisocial. And and you want to be aware of your surroundings and your behavior because you don't want the kids to look at you and, and see that as you being snotty or stuck up. And she's 16, mm. and... She looked at me, they don't think I'm smarty. And I said, okay. And I left it at that. I said, just pay attention. And sometimes that's all you have to say. You don't have to drill them and lecture them and, and keep, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And poking and prodding and going and going. Because then you're going to get the pushback. You're going to get the opposite reaction. you got to kind of know when to come in with the sledgehammer and went to just very lightly touch and went to just nudge a little bit. It's a balancing act. It really is. But the only way you're going to know that is you have to take the time to know every single child. You have to. And you have to develop that relationship with them to get them to talk to you and to want to talk to you. And a lot of times the best way to get them to do that is through the other kids because the other kids are going to show them that they trust me, which is going to make them feel comfortable in coming to me. And sometimes the other kids will bring them to me and say, no, talk to Miss Carter. You know, that, that was that was Miss Carter at the time. So I got more names floating around. <laughs> <laughs> I got Miss Carter. I got Miss Dudley. I got Miss Kim. It depends on, on where I'm talking. So I'll, I'll use all three for those who are listening Yes, yes. But um, that's that's really, you know, in in my opinion, for those kids that I think that are difficult, I think it's really a matter of varying the approach. It, it just comes down to the approach, and in, in knowing how to address that particular child. Because, like I said, there are some kids I can just flat out go off on them. And let them know, listen, not not me. You can you can play that nonsense with somebody else, but not me. And establishing right from the jump that this I I, I run the show, but we're gonna have fun and we're gonna enjoy ourselves. But there's some structure that needs to be set up, and there's you know a, a nice really strong segment, like I said before, that focuses on principles and focuses on teaching and it really you'd be surprised how much that actually not only the kids pay attention to and listen to I I didn't realize that my own child was paying attention because she drove in the car with me the other day and she told me oh I tweeted which I'm not familiar with at this point just so that you know she said oh yeah I tweeted one of your principles and I and I said the truth out to everybody, you you get the results you designed for. And I didn't want to get excited in front of her because I didn't want her to be like, Oh God, here she goes. <laughs> but I didn't know that she was actually paying attention. 
And you'd be surprised how those principles really do make those kids think about the actions and the steps that they're taking. It really, it really does make a difference. What about the what about these teachers? You know, they I mean, I, I've said this to you before. I mean, if we if we had like a hundred of you in a school, I mean, that school would be off the charts in terms of what it would be producing. Um, Thank and, you. I, and I'm speaking to the mentality and the mindset. But you know, you've been in the teachers' lounge. <laughs> I know why you're laughing yeah. because you know where I'm getting ready to go with this. You've heard, you know, these kids, you can't do nothing with them. They're animals. Uh, uh, talk about the child. Talk about the child's mama. Talk about mm-hmm. the child's clothes. I mean, just uh, negative energy coming from certain teachers that have just, just written these young people off and have made the determination that they will not succeed. And I've always said that um, what you expect from a child is what a child will produce. You know, if you expect greatness, then that's a standard that they can strive for. But when you have a standard so low that you really don't believe that there's anything redeeming about them, you know, I, I just have a problem with those kind of people who are in education. I think they don't need to be in education. But... What would you say or how would you advise teachers? Because I'm not saying that every teacher that does this is necessarily negative. Some of them just get overwhelmed. How would you advise them in terms of, like you said, taking this second look, getting to know the child? Um, What has been some of your conversations with teachers like that? I mean, I've had some, some, and I think it depends on the teachers. There are some teachers, and I'm going to say not teachers, but individuals, because I think we're looking at them as teachers, and we need to forget that they're individuals who have lives, who had experiences that have produced them to be the individual that they are, and they're bringing that into their teaching style. And when you're addressing a teacher, you're not just addressing the teacher, you're addressing person's personality, you're addressing that person's outlook on life, you're addressing that person's perspective, that person's feelings, that person's upbringing, experiences, all those things play a part. And, you know, a lot of times you have teachers that are teaching in environments where they're dealing with kids who they're not familiar with the culture of those kids. They're not familiar with how those kids were raised. They're not familiar with the neighborhoods that those kids were raised in. They're not familiar with the type of parents that those kids had to be raised by. And it's a totally different world. And you're going to try to change a person's mentality in one conversation. That's not going to be possible. So you can't look at them as the teacher, although, yes, that's their job and that's the job they took on. You have to address their mentality. You have to address their upbringing and kind of open them up to say to themselves, maybe I need to take a second look at this child through a different lens and maybe try to understand why this child is behaving the way that they're behaving 
and why the child, quote, unquote, doesn't want to learn or doesn't care. Because you don't know if that's what they're doing in your classroom. That may not necessarily yeah. be who they are and what they are in everyone else's classroom. You get the the results you designed for. So it could very well be you have no classroom management skills or maybe, you know, what you're teaching, the material you're teaching just isn't interesting to the child. And maybe they just flat out bored and you could have the most dynamic lesson plan in the world, but maybe that subject area just doesn't do it for them. It could be a thousand different things. And it could be that the child is just off the chain and, and, and completely in their minds bad. But I've seen so many kids where I've heard those teachers, you know, I I can't, I'm being honest with you, I can't be in the environment of, of an adult that will just throw a child under the bus and just talk about them as if they're just an animal on the street. I, I can't do it. And yeah. either I have to remove myself from the environment or I'm going to have to address you directly, whether I try to pull you to the side to avoid it being an embarrassing situation or whether I just have to call you out. But I've had people who were really good, great, kind people come across that one child who they're just like, man, there's just no hope. And I had to pull that person to the side and say, listen, this young man every single day has to pick up his little sister and walk through three areas of of gang-related neighborhoods and get her home safely, sometimes run home with her. He's feeding her dinner, helping her with her homework, which he doesn't understand himself. And the only way he's able to survive is that he's being forced to go into a gang and you know, this is his situation with his mother. This is the situation with his father. This is what he's told me. And by the time I finish talking to them, they're so humbled at what this child has to go through just to get to and from school every single day. What do you think he's going to be like by the time he gets into your classroom? This is what he has to go through just to get to school. How do you get to work every single day? You ride in your comfortable car and listen to your radio? So I think that there are a lot of times that we're not taking into consideration what these kids are dealing with. And I'm not trying to excuse the behaviors because I, I, I've seen it all, and, I, and I've had my levels of frustration. But I, I've seen it time and time again that when you get to know that, that kid, when you take the time to break that barrier down, then you actually show them that you care and show them that they can actually get it and learn it, then you encourage them the next time to want to learn it again. You encourage them the next time to want to get it again. And, you know, there are some teachers that are set up for failure from the beginning because they're walking into environments where the school itself doesn't have any real control or discipline. And that teacher might be set up for failure because no matter what they do, they may not be getting the support from the administration to get the type of results that they need in order to have that kid respect them in that environment. 
So there's so many contributing factors that it's not always just the teacher's fault. It's not just the child. There's so many different things that you can point to that uh, yeah, it could I, be. I believe, I believe that sometimes it's like the perfect storm that creates the, the, the conditions yeah. Uh, yeah. that lead the frustration. When we, yeah. uh, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll be back uh, with uh, Kim Dudley, Kim Carter, Miss Kim. Uh, <laughs> we will be back with her, and when we come back, we want to talk to her about um, Ready to Rock, its mission, its goals, its objectives, why she started it, and, w- and where is this thing going. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boom 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. I just want to let you know that I'm 
I got my bag of tricks too, and you're in the little bag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, uh, I just want to say uh, the number to call in is 213-943-3618. Press number one on your keypad if you have a question or comment. I understand, Kim, that we have one of our former students on the line, uh, oh. Chantella. Oh. <laughs> Chantella, Hello. you there? Yeah, yes. welcome, welcome to True School Radio. How Hi. are you? Did you call? Hi, Chantel. How Hello, are you? Hello, Ms. Carter. What is your comment, uh, Chantel? My comment is um, I definitely want to just let the like people know that, you know, she, Ms. Carter, is extremely, extremely, extremely um very, very talented, and she definitely taught me, as when I was young, she definitely um, taught me and guided me in the right direction, especially not only with dance, but life, period. So I think people should um, definitely support her dance program, and I mean, just support you'll get a lot out of it. If it's not dance, you'll get a whole life lesson. Cause wow. Now tell me, Chantel, mm-hmm. um, what did you, when you were in her, tell, tell us a little bit about this uh, uh, A little experience uh, when I first started? Not just experience, but when you first got in her classroom and you met the famous Miss mm-hmm. Carter, uh-huh. you... What was your first reaction, and then how did you move from that reaction to the next level? Well, I was one of those kids, like, uh, she she don't know what she's doing. We could dance better than her. Da, da, da. <laughs> I was definitely one of those students, and um, I was so happy that I had the opportunity to actually audition and actually to um, join one of her her dance and after we, it was me and my friend, after we actually just tried out or whatever, we was like, oh, my gosh, she's harder than we thought. And we didn't know how weak we were until we actually took her class, did the practices, learned techniques, and it was just a great experience, period. We learned so much when we traveled. It was just such a great experience, period. Well, Kim, what do you think it is I didn't hear you. Say that one more time. I said, what, what do you think about what Chantel is saying? What do you have to say to, to, to one of your, your former students who's coming here talking about how you impacted her? Well, I think my, my cheeks are hurting from smiling so hard because <laughs> <laughs> I love Chantel. And I mean, I, I, I remember, I mean, she's a, almost a grown woman now, so I find it hard to picture her as a grown woman, even though I've seen her as a grown woman because I still mm-hmm. try to to keep in touch with my students. And I still can see her as that, you know, seventh, eighth grade kid coming into my classroom. I know, and, right? And thinking that she's a joint and, like, you know, she has this, this, this swagger, this attitude of, like, it's all about me. And Chantel doesn't want to tell anybody, but she was one of the bad kids. <laughs> that was beating up all the other. She was the bully in the school. She was oh beating up all the other. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was. I really was, though. And, yeah, um, I was, was going to say, but, but now that we've brought it out, let me just say, I remember Chantel. <laughs> uh, I remember Chantel. 
Jatay, you might not remember this story, but okay. One, I remember. I remember one time you told me. I said, I said "Look at this little high school." Tell. She said to me one time we were walking towards the school, uh-huh. and I, I said, "I said, Chantel, did you have breakfast this morning?" She, and you said to me, "Yeah, I had a bear." <laughs> what? <laughs> oh and my said, gosh! And I said, "This young lady is off the chain." But let me say this. <laughs> Chantel always, you know, as 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 bad as you could be, you always mm-hmm. had a smile that disarmed people. I yeah. know. That's how I get out yeah. of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> smile with you. smile got you out of my office quite a bit. But let me say, you know, you know, I remember you before Miss Kim came, and I remember how focused and serious you became when you got involved in that dance team, mm-hmm. and. Um, Tell 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 the listening audience what you're doing now, you know where you are in 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 your life, and what are some of the next steps that you're about to be involved with. Um, well, I wanted to comment on that. Um, what you said when I met Kim Carter, um, I definitely was focused. Like she is a huge support system in my life from now till then, and basically. You know, it's kind of hard, like, when you grow up with people or whatever, parent situations, and you're not really getting, like, basically, your parents is not really going to see your strength and your weakness. The way Kim Carter paid attention to my feelings and what I was going through, she definitely did make me comfortable, and I definitely 100% opened up to her, which made me more focused on in believing her and what she could do, like, and where she could take our dancing or whatever, whatever I'm going through, she could just take it to another level, bring me to another spot, and I can handle it from there. So what I'm doing right now is I am attending college, and um, I'm studying. Excellent. I actually want to do radio, but then, I mean, I never gave up dancing. It's just that I'm kind of rusty now, so, you know, i got to get back in, you know, <laughs> the whole scene. But I definitely, definitely just think that um, – I'm just I'm kind of undecided, and I just want to just feel out whatever I'm good at because I know the way Miss Carter taught me is if I put my mind to it, I can do it, and I 100% think that whatever I do, I'm gonna be perfect at it. So I'm not really good. too stressed in what I want to do. Well, Chantel, we thank you for your call, and we thank you for you and your progress and your growth. I mean, I'm sitting here listening <laughs> to you, I'm smiling just as hard as Kim. You sound I'm, uh, you, you're so uh, articulate, you, you, you're an effective communicator, and I think, you know, broadcasting and radio might be something that is uh, 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 your calling. We want to thank Daddy. you for this. Be- if you want to say anything else to before we let her go? Yeah, I was going to say, before she hangs up the phone, I just, first of all, I'm deeply moved, and I'm so surprised, and this just made my night hearing Chantel <laughs> on the radio. Not just what she said, but just, the fact that she even called in and, and did this, I'm just so floored. And I'm so proud of her. And I want to say to you directly that I'm so incredibly proud of you because when I first met Chantel, she had no plans of going to college. She didn't see the purpose and why she should go to college. And I would, like, beat in her head that she had to go to college. And she would look at me like, oh, I'm not going to college. I don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here with that. That's too much work. I don't want to go to school anymore after this. And I'm so proud of her and happy that she's doing it and fighting to do it, not just doing it as a as a 
uh, obligation, but it's something that now she understands and sees the importance. And there was a, a period of time when I had talked to Chantel a while back, and she was saying to me that she didn't see the importance of it back then, and she didn't understand why I was pushing her back then. And she was like, not only do I see it now, but now she's saying, what do I do? Like, what do I major in? What direction do I go in? Because I don't want to end up like everybody else that I'm seeing around me. I want to be successful. I want to have this. And that uh-huh. was one of the most... You remember that conversation, right? Yeah. And she was, you know, saying, like, I'm I'm just starting college and I'm I'm at that point in my life where I'm about to start majoring and I'm not really sure where I want to go. And I said to her, number one, just stay in school. Even if you have to just keep, you know, working at finding your way, stay in school. And, I, and, and as she and I talked, I talked to her about don't just set your sights on, you know, whatever you're seeing around you. You know, if, if you're right now, I believe, um, Chantel has taken a, a part-time job. She works as a nurse's aide. And yes. I said, that's great. I said, why don't you think about becoming a diplomat? Why don't you think about becoming an international linguist? Why don't you think of, I mean, I, I, I wanted her to stretch her thoughts and her sights on a mark that she would think would be completely impossible for her to achieve because you never know what you might wind up doing along the way. And for the first time in that conversation, Chantel kind of thought, I never thought about being a diplomat. And never once said to me, I can't be no diplomat. You know, it didn't even leave her lips. And I was so proud of her. She actually got on the computer and started researching what it would take and what it would require and started looking up internships. And I saw the self-sufficient skills come out of her. I saw the skills to be resourceful come out of her. I saw the skills to be independent come out of her. And so I just want you to know I'm so incredibly proud of you, and I'm so thankful that I got this opportunity to say just that to you. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And I just want to listen you better come down to the Deer Park Community Center and get your butt and stick and start dancing with me. I How about that, Poppy? I definitely, definitely do. Yeah. Well, so I look so we, want, we want to thank you for your call and, you know, uh, stay listening as we continue with this interview, and I will be in touch with you about some of the things that we talked about off air. Okay. Thank you again. All right. So Kim, that was that that that's what this is all about, you know, looking at young people like Chantel and um, you know, reaching them, allowing them to access their potential and, and, and grow into, you know, their God given purpose. And I gotta tell you, um, this is a her, her comments are a perfect segue into uh some of the some of the follow up questions that I wanna ask you. And and basically what Chantel just did was answer the question I was going to ask you. And that question was was going to be, what is Ready to Rock about? But I think yeah. that that testimony is a reflection of what Ready to Rock is about. But I still have to ask the question, when we talk about Ready to Rock, you know, what is the ultimate goal? What do you? See? We know it's going to help young people, but 
what way and what manner? What what is your mission? What is the mission for this company? My mission for this company is to be able to close the achievement gap between the neighborhood and the education of an affluent wealthy community versus a community of middle-class and low-income neighborhoods that don't get the same resources, don't get the same services, don't get the same opportunity, don't get the same educational materials, don't get the same budget, don't get the same quality teachers that yes. another neighborhood would get because the, the, the next neighborhood is paying more money, have smaller classes, have better facilities. And there are so many things out there that parents don't even know that their kids should be receiving because they're not being told, they're not being informed, they're not being given the information. I want mm. to children have the opportunity to experience as much of life. See, I'm a free spirit. I'm I'm a risk taker. I'm going to take the challenge, and if I fail and fall on my face, I don't care because I have a story to tell by doing it. I'm not afraid to take a risk. I'm not afraid to fail. And I wanted, I wanted <clears throat> use that opportunity to teach kids not to be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to try. If you don't like it, then you never have to do it again. But at least now you tried it to know. It's no different than the parent that wants to give their kid something that they've never eaten before, and the kid takes one look at it and makes an informed decision <laughs> according to them. I'm not going to like it. And they say, no, I don't want it. And the parent says, but you haven't tried it yet. And the truth is I'm doing nothing different. Take the opportunity to travel. Learn different cultures through experiencing it. Get the opportunity to perform on stage. Get the opportunity to learn presentation skills, not by being told, but by having to physically practice and do it on a stage. I... I want children to be able to have as much information and experience and opportunity to be able to make decisions at an earlier age in their life that would give them better opportunities in the future. Because a lot of us can have that. And I just want to say, so when you, you know, I can't say any better than what Chantel said and how you're describing it, but for my audience out there, I want you to understand that dance, glee, the performing arts, these are all vehicles. These are vehicles that Kim is using towards a greater goal. And when she talks about uh, 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 young people reaching that potential, traveling, uh, stretching their imagination, stretching their mentality, it, 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 it happens through this process of using the hook of, of dance or, 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 or glee club or what have you to, to make a connection. I, I did something similar with hip-hop and um, um, the videos and the, the rap, rap stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to necessarily, I'm sure, Kim, you agree with me, uh, and I'm speaking to teachers, parents, whoever. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be dance. It could be 
baseball. It could be absolutely. It could be sewing. It's a matter of grabbing that interest, but then using that interest to take it to a to the next level, and that's what what Ready to Rock has been able to do, um, and that's what Kim has been doing for years. And you know, um, I, I have to add on. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm okay. going to add something to that. Chantel said something as she was talking about not that she's thinking about going into radio, and that she's thinking about majoring in um, radio, and that she wasn't sure where she wanted to go. And I'm going to use that as an example because I work with age groups starting at 13 years old, and that's the age of junior high. And part of my program takes children on tour, and we perform at colleges and universities, and we take those opportunities of having the kids think, oh, I'm here to perform, and while I have them at those colleges and I have them at those universities, they are taking on an orientation around the campus. They're given the opportunity to see the school, see the campus life, experience the electricity that takes place there, see what a classroom, a college classroom looks like, see what a lecture center inside of a classroom looks like. Because some of these classrooms and colleges are, have 600 seats in it. And the kid that's in junior high and high school has no clue that they could be going to a school that has a classroom that has 600 seats in it. And while they're there, they get to see different majors and they get to go into an art studio. They might get to go into a a studio where you would do a radio show. Giving a child an opportunity to do that at 13, at 14, at 15, it might mold them and help them to make an ideal decision at that time. You know what? I think this is what I want to major in. You know, I didn't know this existed. You know, I never thought about going into radio. I might want to do that. And then they have this newfound motivation when they start high school, when they go into ninth grade, or when they return from that trip, and now they're in their 10th grade year, and they say, okay, you know what? I want to work even harder now, and I want to focus on this and focus on that, and I don't want to play around with my friends anymore because I've seen what a college campus looks like, and this is what I really want to do, and this is where I want to go. Having that information, having that experience at a younger age would allow them to make a decision that Chantel is now trying to make now that she's in college. And that's what I'm trying to describe is that you get to be exposed to so much more. You get to network. You get to get around other people. And you make these connections. You make these networking contacts. You meet politicians, you meet admissions counselors, and they teach you along the way what you need to be prepared to, A, go to college, B, survive in college, what you need to do when you get out of college, what steps that you should be taking to not in any way hinder your future. There's just so much that they can receive at an age that will give them such a head start than what we have. Yeah. And that's what one, give them a start. Yes, I want to say 213-943-3618. Press number one on your keypad if you have any questions or comment for Kim Dudley. Um, you know, you work, uh, we talked a lot about your 
you're, you're, you're ready to rock and, and what you're doing out in Long Island. But your company is twofold. You also work uh, with schools and school districts. Can you tell us a little bit about how you deal with uh, the, working with the schools and, 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 and consulting? Yes. Um, what I do is I come in as a vendor and I implement my program working with the school district depending upon how they want to use my program, whether it be during the school day and it be yeah. something that's offered as an elective to the kids or I can come in as an after-school program that can allow the kids an activity to go to after school. But still in the same, no matter whether I'm coming in during the school day or whether I'm coming in after school, I still provide and give the kids all of the same services that they would get if they were coming to my actual place of business. So they don't receive less or more or vice versa if they came to the community center. And the thing that I like about doing it this way because when I was working as a teacher, I, I kind of had handcuffs on me to a certain degree because I had to stay within the confines of being a teacher. I had to stay within the confines of working in a period. And when that bell rang, the kids had to leave. Um, yeah. I, I had to stay within my schedule. I might only get, you know, a certain grade of kids. I might only get eighth grade. I might only get seventh grade. Um, I also had to work within a certain time of day me doing my own program and running my own business, I feel like I have the freedom to work with a, a wider range of kids. I get to continue with those kids when they leave me. So it's not like, you know, you say goodbye at graduation and the next batch of seventh, eighth, ninth, whatever great kid comes in. Now I can continue to stay with that that child who I've had kids that start off with me at, at in seventh grade, and, and now, like Chantel, they're an adult. So it allows me to be able to follow that kid and make certain that I support that child continuing to stay on the right path. Um, mm -hmm. When I'm working with the school districts, I'm still able to collaborate with teachers to ensure that the kids are able to do what they're supposed to be doing in their classroom. I'm able to find out if those kids are performing like they should be performing. I also try to incorporate and work with the teachers to see if I can in some way reinforce the lessons that they're doing in their classroom in my program. And I also make certain that I have something that goes out with them to ensure that they're their discipline and their character and the way that they're behaving is follow through in other areas. And because the 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 style of dancing that I do and the way that I run my program, it's not a traditional dance school, and I don't claim to be a dance school. So most traditional dance schools, the kids show up, they go for an hour, they they pick a particular genre of dance, whether it's ballet or hip-hop or if at some schools they might touch on a little bit of each routine and they have one song and they do a tap routine to one song, they do a ballet routine to one song, they do a hip-hop routine. I don't work like that. What I do is we pick a song, 
we choreograph to the particular style of song, which might incorporate two and three and four different genres of dance in one routine. And then I also choreograph based upon different events and functions that we might be asked to perform for. And they can require a completely different style of dance or a completely different style of music. And I think that's what attracts the kids because they're excited because we're hand-tailoring every single performance. We hand-tailor every single dance routine. It's never the same thing over and over again. The kids are part Mm. of the creative process. The kids are allowed to come in and add choreography and add input versus you go to a dance school, you show up, you put on your wardrobe, and the teacher shows you the next step, and that's it. And I I use their strengths. I I don't push the kids to perform if they're not ready to. I let them ease their way into it. And once I see that they are ready, now I'm going to push them, the living daylights out of you to get you towards the front. And we travel and we go hard. And And I think that piece of it is important because they learn work ethic. They learn the importance of showing up on time. They learn the importance of how they're supposed to sit when they are in an environment of professionals. They learn how to sit quietly. They learn how to present themselves and how to speak in front of other people. They learn how they're supposed to engage the audience and how they're supposed to be a representation of each other and hold each other accountable so that way one person isn't an embarrassment to the whole lot because all it takes is one to make everyone else look like we're a hot mess. Yeah. And as they're, they're traveling, anybody who knows who's been in a team that had to travel, like a basketball team that might have an away game, you become like a family. You become like brothers. You become like sisters. The difference is my team is, is comprised of both male and female, and we hold each other up, and we strengthen each other. And being that we have events that we perform for that are located in different areas, it makes the opportunity to perform new to them every single time because it's not, again, like I said, a traditional dance school where you go all year long, you work on X amount of dance routines or one routine, and then you hold a recital at the end of the year, and you do that one recital, and then that's it. It's always a different location. We do different routines for different functions, and the songs are always kind of evolving and new and what's hot, so they never get bored. And I have an engineer that will come in and hand tailor whatever idea and crazy concept I could possibly come up with and make it our own. So we will take a piece of music from here. I'll sample somebody saying something from over here. I'll take a piece of Drake from over here, a piece of Beyonce from over here, and and I'll mix gospel music with hip-hop. I mean, we're all over the place. And, and Kim, I just want to take this moment to give a special shout-out to Damon. Dudley. Yes, 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 everybody yes. Everybody knows. If you see Kim, you see Damon. And yes. uh, he was uh, volunteered his time and got involved uh, 
at the school uh, that I was principal of, and what you're describing in terms of that music and shifting it and adding gospel to hip-hop and a little bit of this, a little bit of that, Damon Dudley, uh, who's a, a professional uh, music engineer, would use that, his professional expertise to really bring those shows to the next level. So shout-out to you, my brother. You know, uh, uh, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to kick it soon. And you know what? I, I have to say, my shows would not even be close to possible without him because I am able to entertain every fancy and every idea in anything I want to do, and he's able to just go in there and do it. And it's also a benefit to me, especially running a glee club, to have an engineer who's not only able to hand tailor the dance pieces, but he's also able to, as an engineer, record some of my singers because a lot of my singers are phenomenal. And I was talking to him recently about creating our own music videos of combining the kids singing with the kids dancing and then being able to YouTube those videos to give the kids even more exposure because I can tell you right now, and again, I might be cheating here and and I could be possibly answering another one of your questions, but (laughs) I can tell you right now, and I wholeheartedly believe this because I I didn't even realize this, but he asked me this question a little while ago. You know, where do you see this going? Where do you see yourself a year from now? Oh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that we'll be getting phone calls from Beyonce. We'll be getting phone calls from Oprah. We'll be getting phone calls from from Jay-Z, we'll be getting phone calls from Justin Timberlake, we'll be getting phone calls from Neo, and I, I believe wholeheartedly that we'll be on the same stage with them in, in no time flat, because the kids are that good, they're that talented, and the program is getting that much attention, and I'm already starting to get phone calls from people that are in the industry that are calling me to say, we want you to come out and perform, and we want to see you, and I use every single contact and every network that I have, and I'm partnering up with 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 people to people student ambassador program. I'm partnering up with with the UN to have these kids travel and tour overseas to see parts of the world that they've never been to, and not to just tour, but to really stay there and be immersed there for two three weeks over the summer and really get that experience and be able to say, how great is it to be able to have lived in Queens your whole life, in Brooklyn your whole life, in Amityville your whole life, and be able to say, I spent three weeks in Australia. I spent three weeks traveling across Europe. I went to Africa, and I saw Mozambique and Zimbabwe and Kenya. And I mean, how how phenomenal. Most of our parents didn't get that opportunity. Well, for you to be able to say that. You about to have me say teach? I feel like we we got church going on up in here. Ah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, Kim, that is the mindset that that we need to have. That there are no limits, no limits. And yeah. um and 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 I and I believe you when you say that uh you see these things coming into fruition. And you know sometimes all we have to do is speak it into existence and then go out and make it happen. We have this time has gone so go going by so quickly and we are actually um at the uh 
end of our program. Um, Kim, I just I guess you, uh, I would like to know from you, um, and your final comment is: What do you want the world to know about Ready to Rock? I want the world to know that Ready to Rock is here to fill in the gaps of what our young kids are missing, and that's to be able to take what's already out there and just bring it up a notch and know that Ready to Rock is completely in support of the kids, that everything that we do is to increase their skill set, their endurance, their strength, their confidence, to encourage them to improve in their personal goals, to give them the drive, to give them the support for that drive, to create, I mean, I want want our kids to be the next senators. I want our kids to be the next producers. I want our kids to be the ones to own the record companies. I want our kids to have the same power connections and networking contacts in their back pockets that the movers and shakers have that a lot of us didn't even think that they would have the opportunity to have. And I know it's there for them to have, and they just need to be groomed and taught and given the opportunity and the resources and the support to have that. And I know that Ready to Rock can give that to these kids. They just need the opportunity and the platform and somebody who gives a damn. That's right. So the question is to all of you out there, are you ready to rock? And um, I just want to say to Kim, thank you again. Uh, you you always uh, enlighten us, inspire us. I'm, I'm excited. I, you, I'm going to go out and do something Something with some young person uh, tomorrow. Just <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need to step it up even more, and, and, and that's, that's the kind of energy that that we need to have. And if maybe each one of us go out there and reach a young person, or you know, try, you know, then maybe we start making better communities. So Kim, thank you again, and and I want to thank uh, the the listening audience again. The purpose of True School is to address issues, solve problems, demonstrate models. We had an excellent model this evening, um, and and we will continue to bring people before you who are doing positive things in our community. And I want to shout out to all those teachers out there, all those unsung heroes that go into the school system every day and try to make a difference with our young people. You know, and you, you know where's your movie? Where's your, where's your story? You know, well... I tell you one thing: if, if 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 Hollywood won't tell your story, then we as a community we will get together and tell our own stories. But shout out to those teachers that do it on a daily basis. This has been uh, another uh, wonderful segment of True School Show brought to you here on the Keys One Hundred Seven Network. And this is Brother Shumble, your host. See you again next week. All right now. Yeah. Welcome to the movement, baby. We're going to change education. Check out ShungleBlake.com. I'll say it again, ShungleBlake.com. Teach and reading uniquely to reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous to the people across this nation eagerly anticipating a sound from the streets that's so unique, it'll transform education. 
This is school, the killing field, where they kill a lover learning and not children for real. That's the deal. Now we gotta change things around, close gaps down. This a new sound, true school. This is this radio show, shovelbig.com flow, in case you wait, no. And now we gonna change things. One school at a time, one rhyme at a time. Yeah, we gonna shine. Time to shine media, yes. Yeah, we've been blessed, putting suckers to the test. So, teaching reading, so uniquely. That's right. Gotta make you think deeply. Uh, teaching reading uniquely. To reverse underperformance. True school is here. Now let's be clear. Our impact will be enormous. To the people across this nation. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Boom 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Boom 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuff shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. And the FOI Board of Directors is proud to present The Final Call. The Final Call is the country's unique leading source for news. Founded by the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, The Final Call follows in the tradition of Muhammad Speaks with hard-hitting national and international news and coverage of political issues. It is the official communications organ of the Nation of Islam. Founded in the 1930s as the final call to Islam, the newspaper evolved into Muhammad Speaks in the 1960s and boasted a circulation of 900,000 a week with monthly circulation of 2.5 million. Today, the final call newspaper serves a readership of diverse economic and educational backgrounds, including circulation in North America, Europe, Africa, and the Caribbean. Read the final call newspaper. Can find one of the beautifully bow tied representatives in your community or read finalcall.com. 